This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 7, Episode 7. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network and brought to you by our title sponsor, Silencer Shop. We appreciate their sponsorship of this. Today is another great episode. I, I'm your host, Riley Bowman, joined by co-host Jacob Paulson, or host, co-host, doesn't matter. I guess we're both co-hosts. You're a host. You've always been the host. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but we're here today uh, with a an, ex- an episode I've been excited to do for some time now, uh, talking about what makes a great holster, uh, talking about a thing called KSG Armory. Uh, which has been uh, a major project for us in the last uh, couple of months, actually. And I think it's going to be a really fun episode to do. Lots to talk about. But first, today's episode sponsored, brought to you by CCW Safe, which is our choice. We're both members of CCW Safe, have been for a few years now. And we frankly think it is the best coverage for self-defense, legal coverage of some kind. So check out ccwsafe.com. Go, go on there. I always like to remind people, go read about the whole Stephen Maddox case, which I think is just absolutely eye-opening in uh, what that man went through and also what CCW Safe did to back one of their members up. And that's something that brings a lot of reassurance to me as a, as a CCW Safe member. Uh, I know Jacob feels much the same way as well. It's, it's, it comes down to the people. You know, mm-hmm. We can talk about benefits and how much it costs and all that stuff. And, and in my world, CCW Safe is competitive in all those ways. But ultimately, it comes down to who you actually, the, the person who's going to help you and support you in your in your trial. And I think that uh, that that's where we feel like you got to choose CCW Safe. Yep, yep, completely agree. Again, CCWSafe.com is a place to go, and you can use discount code CC Podcast to save ten percent off your membership, or become a Guardian Nation member today at GuardianNation.com and save. Save twenty percent off your membership. I definitely encourage you to look into that. Today's episode also sponsored and brought to you by Mountain City Supply, our preferred ammunition provider here at ConcealedCarry.com, and also our sponsor or one of our sponsors of the upcoming Guardian Conference. And so, uh, guys, that's I've been using their ammo now for basically a year. It was about a year ago that uh, we first connected with them. I should say, well, yeah, we did. We, it was about a year ago. To you remember the exact day because the day he got sick last year and was sick for like five weeks, we went to lunch with the owner of Mountain City Supply the day he started feeling ill. and uh, Not because of him or the lunch. <laughs> Unrelated. It was uh, Red Robin, if I remember correctly. It was good, yeah, good we sandwich. ate well. Yeah. yeah, It wasn't the food. Uh, anyway, so uh, Mountain City Supply, I've been shooting their stuff for, for over an, a year now. I have put thousands and thousands of rounds through my guns, both uh, on the defensive side, but especially on the competitive side where I've been running their ammo and competition use as well. And that's been phenomenal. Looking forward to going to nationals in a little more than a week and also shooting their ammunition there too. It's been super reliable, super clean, and incredibly accurate. Folks may have seen on my uh, social media a while back where I posted a little bigger than two inch group at 50 yards with their 147 grain load so check it out mountaincitysupply.com you can you can use that link to get to their site 
you can see all their different options there. It's not just 9 millimeter, but 40, 45, uh, 38 Special, 357 Magnum, some rifle calibers as well, uh, 223. Some of that's hard to find still these days. So, and the prices are excellent. Also, our Guardian Nation members save as well. So, go to mountaincitysupply.com. We appreciate their sponsorship. So, Jacob, I guess uh, a de facto sponsor of the episode is also KSG Armory. Yeah, I suppose so. Because we're going to be talking about that somewhat. We're going to talk about holsters. We're going to talk about what makes holsters great. Uh, we're going to. He came up with an idea like an hour ago. He's like, we should talk about the 33 features or attributes, attributes of a holster <laughs> or something. And I'm like, yeah, good luck making that list. Probably could come up with. I, actually, I, I think he probably could come up with something like that. But uh, I, I think, you know, I'd like to just talk about what, in our minds, makes a good holster, a great holster, and also a little bit about our journey with respect to getting into the holster making business. We've got a few laying out on the table with us right now, and uh, this is literally what I showed up here today carrying in. So uh, th- this is the stuff we're making. This is the stuff we're wearing. This is the stuff we're carrying in and doing so to, to great effect, uh, at least I know for me. It's, it's super comfortable and very, very concealable. Jacob's a little bit of a slimmer frame and has a, some of his own challenges there, uh, but still seeing really great results. I mean, you're you're concealing better, it seems to me, than just about anything else you've used in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's about experimentation and it's about versatility. And I think that's, well, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about that when, when we get into the, the details here. Yeah. But it, you, you mentioned our journey, which I think is kind of the important place to start this because... We've talked about a lot of different holsters over the last seven years. How long have we been doing this? Well, it's been about six and a little more than six and a half years, actually. Six December, years. January will be yeah. seven. So six and a half years is a long time, not just to do a podcast, but to work in an industry full time. Um, I, I mean, there's plenty of people who have been in our industry for 20, 30 years yep. uh, full time. But obviously, as as being concealedcarry.com, uh, how to conceal a gun properly and safely is at the core of our identity and our, our journey is, you know, kind of corresponds with the length of this podcast. We really got into this business full time at the end of 20, uh, yeah, basically at the end of 2015. And we started the podcast in 2016. Yep. So for those of you who've been listening all this time, you've, you've heard uh, us, you know, our journey and how we've progressed and what we've learned and things like that uh, as it relates to a lot of things, but certainly that's true of holsters. And so the last three to four years, really the last three years have been very frustrating for us as a company relating to holsters. Um, so anyway, that's a little bit of a preface. I can keep going or yeah. you, you want to go a different direction. Uh, um, well, I mean, journey, right? I mean, you're just talking about how we've been doing this now full time in the industry for nearly seven years. And uh, through that, have seen a lot of things, tried a lot of things, uh, tried a ton of holsters. There's some of them hanging around in this room that, you know, both of you, <laughs> Two or three you boxes and I have worth. tried. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, just out of curiosity for, for review sake or sometimes because we like legit wanted to try to find something that, that worked best for us and uh, struggled to find that answer at times. And also, you know, things that we maybe thought at one time worked uh, came to find out later on didn't work as well as what we thought uh, or just, you know, you don't some of so things you just don't know what you don't know and you think something works and discover that uh, later on it's not as effective as what you originally thought. Yeah. So let's, let's get into this a little bit. And I think, I think the way to do this is to, 
talk a little bit of, you know, final finalize the journey and give the timeline a little bit here and then get into the details of what mm-hmm. we think makes a good holster. And you should know for those who are listening uh, right now, this is not going to be a, a sales pitch. They'll certainly will mention some brands, but you should know that there's lots of companies whose holsters we would readily endorse. Um, you know, by lots, I mean, you know, probably a dozen or less, maybe 10 or less. But there's a number of companies out there making holsters that we think do a, a smash, bang up, good job, uh, and, and we would readily endorse their products. So this is not meant to be an advertisement for any one of those. This is meant to be a conversation about things that work and things that don't work uh, or things that aren't ideal, maybe. Uh, And and we're going to get into that. And we have episodes in the past where we've got into some of this. Like we did our four rules of a holster not that long ago, um, probably in the last year or so. And I think that was part of of that uh, important uh, evolution as well. But let me tell you how we got to where we are today. Because this is really important. Uh, As a, as a, business, concealedcarry.com, you might imagine that the number one thing someone expects to find for sale on concealedcarry.com is a holster. And, uh, you know, if you, if we went and did the math and I can tell you, we've sold over 100,000 holsters on concealedcarry.com since 2015. So we've sold a lot of holsters and none of those were our holster. We didn't, we didn't have a holster, right? We've, we've been selling holsters of other companies uh, since the beginning. And even today you can go on consultcare.com and you can buy holsters from probably 20 or 25 different brands. Um, some of those uh, were bigger fans of than others, but it's a challenge. And frankly, it's a challenge for local gun stop- shops too. Both us as a company and your average, you know, Bob's guns down the street, we all s- struggle with, with stocking holsters because selling a holster on consultcare.com is a, a challenge because you can't stock them. I mean, today we're not in a world where there's one size fits all holsters that are any good uh, as, as a rule. And so that means that we can't really sell stuff on concealedcarry.com very efficiently because we can't stock it. Well, we could, but we'd need like twice the warehouse space. And a lot of capital. And a lot of, yeah, a lot lot of, of capital. A lot of money. That's so, a lot of money sitting on the shelves. Yeah. So the majority of the holsters for sale on concealedcarry.com, if you go there today and buy a holster from, from any number of those brands, most of them are drop shipped, uh, meaning that you pay us. We, we take your money, we take the order, and we send that order via an automated process to that company, to that manufacturer, and say, hey, make this holster and ship it. And they do that. They make it and they ship it directly to the customer. And then they charge us, obviously, our portion of that that fee, right, of, of that product. And we keep a small portion of that. And that's how we've been selling holsters for a very long time. Yep. Um, we certainly do stock some, a, a limited number, and we have stocked more in the past than we do now. But it's it's been a challenge, and so for you know going down that road and dealing with that has never been particularly fun. And as we've gotten wiser about what makes sense in terms of holsters, and we'll talk more about that in detail, we really discovered that you know what, it, <laughs> we're not really selling holsters um, that we feel are the best. Uh, and so we started going to the companies that we would readily endorse, and I and I'm not going to name names at this point because I don't want to. Um, you know, put them in an awkward situation about the business arrangements that we, uh, that, you know, what they told us. But but we went to several companies and said, hey, can we sell your holsters uh, and have them drop shipped uh, directly to customers? What would that look like? And we we failed to establish that kind of a, a business relationship with most of the companies that we wanted to establish it with. Um, it, it just just the nature of their business. You know, when you're doing it right, you have have a crazy demand and maybe you just aren't in a place where you can, you know, do drop shipping or maybe sometimes it's just the numbers, the math. And it's like, you know, we, it's not worth our time if we're gonna make $3 on a holster sale. So just to be extremely transparent, 
we really didn't succeed for the greater part in being able to build relationships with with companies who made holsters that we liked. And so we started thinking, okay, well, you know, well, maybe we should make our own holsters. And in fact, I think I think it was 2019 was when we really buckled down and ma- wrote a business plan. Mm-hmm. As part of a big business meeting, we established a subcommittee of lack for better term. We didn't call it that. We're not that we're not that fancy. <laughs> but we established a, a subcommittee of employees to write a business plan. You know, what what equipment would we need? What you know? What would it look like? What would the pricing structure be? What would it might be called? Things like that. And uh, you know, we just couldn't pull the trigger on it in terms of the amount of capital and the labor and some of those things. And I think you you kind of got frustrated. You're like, yeah, screw this. And so you started making holsters yourself. Well, yeah, you know, I think actually I'd kind of made some holsters a little bit before that too. Uh, so that was kind of the catalyst, I think, that led us to actually looking at that a little more seriously and, and working on the business plan. And I continued to to dabble in that a little bit uh, after afterward as well. Um, but uh, you know, I was never quite fully satisfied with my simple process that I was able to have set up in my garage at home. I mean, for instance, I didn't have the the awesome you know heat press w- that we use now to heat our material. I was I was heating it literally in a in a uh, you know a little uh, uh, Toaster oven. Uh, toaster oven, thank you. <laughs> Unnecessary use of the word literally. Continue. I was literally heating it in a toaster oven. <laughs> you can take the word literally out of that sentence, and it still means the same thing. Yes, Captain, it's not literally. An, it's not an expression, <laughs> and therefore you don't need the word literally in the sentence. It's, it's not an emphasis word. It's a word that you use to clarify you mean an expression in All its right. literal sense. Now everybody on the podcast knows how, how much Jacob really cares about the, the correct use of the word literally, which Strong I use incorrectly. No, you just didn't have to. It was unnecessary use. (laughs) Anyway, you used it as a way to emphasize something, which is not the correct use of the word. Well, how would I emphasize it? Use some other superlative. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, you know, I I, I made a number of holsters at home, and uh, the design that I made worked for me at least uh, very well. And I had some, some, even some customers that people just contacted me privately that I made some for that uh, seems to really like them as well. Um, but what we're doing now is, is way more sophisticated, way better, just all, all around uh, than what I was able to do in my, my home garage. And it, it frankly, I'm really excited about it. Um, but yeah, exactly. You, 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 gave the history pretty succinctly as far as uh, that's kind of what we've looked at. We sold a lot of holsters for a lot of other companies uh, and, and, and intend to continue to do that, sure. especially on concealedcarry.com. Cause again, we, we want that to be a place people think, Hey, I'm going to go check out the holsters that concealedcarry.com has. And uh, you know, may, maybe you feel like something that we make KSG armory isn't going to, you know, suit your needs for whatever reason, but you know, you want to see what else we have on concealedcarry.com that might fit your needs a little bit better or whatever that might be. Yeah. And that's totally, totally fine. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of where we're at. And earlier this year, we had uh, a great opportunity uh, fall into our lap. Yeah. It, it, it just, we kind of hit this point where I think this was last year when I was like, you know, like all of our efforts are failing to be able to consistently, bring customers a holster we we really feel is the best of the best and so maybe this means we've got to buy a, a holster company because making you know building what guys in case you don't understand like yeah we wrote the business plan but creating a holster company from scratch would suck um it's it, not easy to do no a huge pain in the yeah. butt i mean the amount of the, just the number of molds you have to and this is why you see a lot of brand new holster companies come out like oh we have it for four guns you know it's like oh my gosh just the amount of work and capital it it was just daunting. That's why it never happens. You know, maybe we just need to buy a company. Um, so we looked at the you know the short list of companies that we felt 
we're making really good holsters. Uh, and by really good, by the way, we're nitpicking. I'm talking hair splitting. I mean, like, really good. Like, the best of the best of the best. And most of them were just not in a position where we were going to be able to acquire that business or they were interested in selling or whatever else. But there was one that made total sense. And so we contacted them and they said no. And then they called us back this year in uh, in early June and said, hey, you know what? I, th- I, think, I think I'm ready to go. I think I'm ready to sell. Mm-hmm. And so that was KSG Armory. And we pulled the trigger and we did that deal in mid-June, about June 15th. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and that came together really quickly for us. I mean, from the time that we said, for sure, let's do the deal, to key the ignition, butts and seats in the truck, heading to Texas was like 10 days. Less. <laughs> Less. It was, I mean, it was. I was like, walking around man. Disneyland with my family. <laughs> like, hey, dear, uh, I think next weekend, me and Riley headed to Texas. What? <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So today, just to kind of fast forward a little bit, we here in our warehouse in Colorado, we're manufacturing holsters uh, with the brand KSG Armory. We're, we're leveraging the existing designs and molds and things that already exist in that business, uh, selling the same products that were already sold. We also designed something from uh, the, the, the well, I won't say from the ground up. That sounds a little bit weird, but but we basically took two previous. Um, holster designs from KSG Armory and we kind of combine them to create what, what we think is our new flagship, what we feel is the best uh, best holster on the market, especially mm-hmm. for the price. And that's the Lexington. And we did a product launch a couple of weeks ago and we sold tons of these things. And so now we're like super behind, which is one of the reasons why we're having a hard time getting the podcast done consistently is that we have hundreds of holsters that need making uh, right now. But that said, we've really been wanting to do this podcast, not only where we announce this, but we also go through and talk about what are the core design things? What are, what are, the, what are the, what I'll call, well, at KSG Armory, what I've been calling the design guarantee, the design promise. But more importantly, like in a broader sense, what are the attributes of a holster that matter, some of which are extremely minor and small, that lead to success? And I think that we have to approach that conversation for, from a more principle-based thing than more of like a than a checklist bullet point thing. We have to talk about well, what are the like what are the, the the things that a holster's objective is like what is its job what are you what are you paying a holster to do, and then once you understand that I think we can take a step back and say okay well then what are the actual physical attributes on the product that that allow it to achieve the objective? Yeah, yeah, uh, and and really if we want to look at it in a simplistic fashion, there's really two sides of that coin uh in terms of like what is the job of this holster and i mean one side of safety obviously yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. so that's keep that's, gun from not go bang yeah like want to carry gun want to carry it safely we don't want to have extra holes made in places we don't want them uh the other side of that is to also permit it to actually be used meaning that I can actually grab my gun this is the whole point of carrying the guns right so I in case I need to use it I can actually use it. And so those are really, in my mind, the two, two, two things that... I have a third. I th- I, maybe this falls in one of your categories. And, but and I was going to say, there's some crossover yeah, here, I think, too. I think for me, I would look at it as a third job, and that is to conceal the gun. Well, okay. So in, in a way that yeah. allows me to, to... You're right. You're right. Conceal it in a way that's comfortable enough that I actually carry it every day. Yeah. yeah it works you're, in you're my lifestyle. On. I mean, in my mind, so I guess the that lifestyle more effect. of a, more yeah. of a given... Although no, a safety yeah, no, should no, be no. a given too, but but it's but not a given. You're, with you're exactly right. You're exactly right. <laughs> so so those are, for me those are the three jobs of a holster. Right. Yep. One is safety, and the safety is a lot of things, but certainly it's make sure gun don't don't go bang. It's also make sure gun don't fall out of pants. Uh, you know things like that. Make sure holster don't fall out of pants. Um, and then so that's safety. And then and then I think yeah we wanted to make it 
consumable and comfortable enough that the person actually does it on a regular basis. That the person says, yeah, I, I'm good strapping this on and walking around. It works with my outfit. It works with my lifestyle. I don't come home at the end of the day and feel sore, tired, bruised, or like I just exposed the world to my gun. And then the third objective of that holster is present or stage the gun in a way that I can access it in, in a self-defense scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's tackle safety then. So safety, right? Uh, and we, we'll have to be careful, I guess, with how we display some of these because I know that Facebook, YouTube Live can get a little bit, you know. Though we should, we'll just but, tell you right now, all these, every every gun, if we if you see a gun on screen today, for those who are watching the video, they're all barrel blocked. All these, yeah. all these guns are barrel blocked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so. That little orange rod right there. Yeah. Uh, safety. So everything that we make at KSG Armory is out of Kydex or Bolteron, which Bolteron is a Kydex type material. As it's well. a thermoplastic, yeah. Yep. So uh, hard sided, right? So that means this trigger guard cover area is like you can't, once it's covered, it's covered. Yeah, nothing's going to penetrate through the holster to access the trigger guard, but the triggers, you know, in the trigger guard. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I know that for a lot of you listening, uh, or viewing like this is also kind of like you're like yeah I know that duh yeah, so no uh, but we got we got to cover that right um, safety I, I I would say other safety aspects like and th- this is where there's some crossover like retention for instance retention could be a, a tactical kind of thing as well but retention is also a safety thing because we don't want the gun to come out of a holster uh, willy nilly because yeah, yeah. you know that gun, would be gun must stay unsafe, in holster right? until person want gun to come out of holster yep. Yep, and again, we want the the holster to stay on the body. So the hardware we choose, or how this connects to our body or to a belt, uh, is super important. And again, that is also a little bit on the the use side of the holster as well. But safety, again, we don't want this. It's like the, yeah. like I said, in that case, the, the FBI agent here in Denver, right, that had the gun just fly out of his holster while he's doing backflips. But uh, you know, th- those are those are definite safety concerns. And we see failures on a lot of holsters in all three of those. We see, I could think of at least one holster company that on their website, the pictures of the holsters for sale show gaps into the trigger guard. So clearly that's a manufacturer of holsters who, by the way, like you would all know the name of this company. They're huge. That's a manufacturer of holsters who does not understand that that's, the, that's important, that that's a thing. Okay, so so yes, covering the trigger guard fully with a material that can't be penetrated, that that's a thing that a lot of holster companies fail to do. Um, retaining the gun into the holster properly, we see a lot of fail at that. Uh, a lot of fail. I, I we see holsters. We see a lot of holster companies that they're too lazy to design gun uh, holsters around guns, and so you end up with the one size fits many, one size mm-hmm. fits five, one size fits twelve, you know, something like that. And so that leads to a situation where the retention is not good enough, or maybe it starts out good enough, but with a little bit of wear on the material, especially with leather, some of those things, you start to cause problems. Yep. And a- attachment to the body, my goodness, like probably probably the, one of the biggest failures we see in holster companies is the failure to attach to the body in a way that not only retains it, so when I draw the gun, the holster stays behind, but also makes it so that the gun doesn't slide or move or pivot on on an axis dropping the grip of my gun up against my belt. So yeah, which again crosses <laughs> over into the into the, into the tactical side. issue. So so yeah. it's it's critical. So in our case uh, you know, at KSG, and, and th- we would say any ho- any holster company that does this, uh, we we think this is the key attribute. And so, to be very specific, we think that you need to be using something like DCC clips, the DCC monoblock, uh, soft loops, 
Um, there's some other things out there that probably are acceptable. Some some of the there's some pretty legitimate high grade plastic clips out there that, that come from various brands that are, are probably pretty good. But I think it's hard to beat DCC clips, the DCC monoblock and the soft loops. And so that's that's what we're using pretty universally. And obviously, you know, customers can choose from those things. Yeah. Oh, you're spot on with that. I mean, I, I was thinking about a, a three-day class I was in with uh, Jeff Gonzalez. It's actually a concealed carry instructor development course. And there were uh, actually a couple of uh, sheriff deputies from California that attended. And one of those guys had a holster that I watched over the course of the weekend three times his holster come out with his gun while he was drawing. And it, it was kind of those moments, you know, like he had never experienced it before. You know, and I've run those kind of people too. They're like, well, that's never happened to me. I, that my, my clip on my holster has never failed me before. And it's just interesting when you get put into a situation where maybe the, I don't know, the stress is amped up a little bit more. Maybe the speed at which you're doing things is a little bit increased and, and so on and so forth. And, and all of a sudden, like three times over the weekend, bam, he's drawing and his holster still on his, on his, on his gun, on his hand, basically. And uh, that's what you call a clue. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's you know, a fail. We talked a little bit, you know, about, hey, uh, there's some other options out there you can look into. Uh, he was using his particular clip he was using was one of those plastic type clips. Uh, one of the very popular ones that many of you are familiar with. Uh, this guy here, the monoblock from Discrete Carry Concepts, is probably the number one thing that we ship holsters with right now. Uh, it, it is a very simple to use clip. But it's incredibly effective. Yeah. Because if once all it, three holsters we have here on the table have the have that. that that's clip. right. Yeah, yeah, they all do. Uh, it, it, I mean, it just it just works. And I'll tell you, there's there's one thing that is we're talking about what makes good holsters great holsters. You'll see right here those of you that are watching, but if you're not watching, if you're just listening only, the monoblock has it's it's like a single clip because it's mounted as one unit, but there's a split down the middle, so it acts like two clips. And where that separates it from a lot of the other common wider set clips in the in the on the market is that they are all one clip, one unit, right? This is really two clips. So there's some redundancy built into this monoblock clip because if one of these somehow, and it's unlikely because of this little return hook piece that's uh, on the underneath side where it hooks underneath the belt or sometimes some people will even use some of the dcc products they clip it just straight to the pant usually not as we ideal wouldn't recommend it yeah. um, although dcc does sell some some clips intended for that purpose uh but you know th these things are going to grab onto whatever they're 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 holding on to but the point here is if somehow one of you know one half of this clip failed there's still the other half that's probably hanging on. Yeah. And I like, like it's, it's such a simple little thing that probably not a lot of people pay attention to or really notice and, or even understand why this monoblock is such an effective clip in that regard. Yeah. And, and for guys, holster companies, they're, they're, uh, yeah. And, and us included, we're all out to make a buck. Like we're, we're in business to turn a profit here and so you support ourselves and our, our employees and their families. And the, the, the clips uh, that most of these holster companies are using I got to tell you, they're cheap. Like they're probably costing the holster company dimes, uh, you know, a dime or two each. And so, you know, when you start talking about these DCC clips, like this monoblock, th this is not a cheap, well, I mean, it's relative. Uh, retail on this is a, it's a $5 clip if you went to DCC's website and bought it. Um, but that's, you know, it's relatively expensive. You, know, you start talking about other, like the DCC clips, like this one on this mag block, the, a traditional DCC clip. These are like 12 bucks each. 
uh, retail. So they're not inexpensive. And so that's why you see a lot of these holster companies trying to uh, make a buck. And, and frankly, you know, capitalism and all that, all good. But we know that the vast majority of our customers, and probably not most people listening, if you listen to this, you're probably a pretty educated customer. But the vast majority of gun owners out there that are getting permits and buying holsters, they're very uninformed. They really don't know what makes for a good holster. And so they're happy to get the $30, $40, $50 holster and not worry about whether or not that clip's any good. So yeah. anyway, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Monoblock is a great product. And that comes standard on every KSG holster comes standard with the monoblock. It's not an upgrade. You don't have to pay extra for that. That's that's what's included. Yeah. Yeah, there, there are some potential downsides to something like a monoblock because there's a little bit more of a gap between the actual clip body and the holster body uh and and by downside i mean it's it's going to be dependent on the person uh i i typically have had this monoblock work just fine on our ksg armory lexington holster um, but i've used other holster designs in the past where i would get a little bit too much Play. uh kind of you know this this uh rotating like the like cant angle right it would kind of rotate a little bit around on me and that was not as ideal uh, the uh, standard DCC clips, like the original DCC clips, in this case, they call this the Mod 4 Universal, uh, it, it kind of folds over top of itself. And these tend to be a little bit less forgiving in terms of allowing things to move around on you, especially when you have two of them spaced out on the holster body. But the monoblock has, again, I mean, especially when we, we consider where we've come from with respect to these basic inexpensive holster clip designs, uh, this one is uh, really excellent. So just a quick shameless plug on this. Like, yep. So the Lexington from KSG, oh, I probably take the gun out of this. We're trying to not show too many guns on, on video here. But it, the, it's designed for versatility. So you might order this with the monoblock and decide you don't like it. That's fine. The, the same holster, you can go buy some soft loops and put it right on the same holster. You can get DCC clips and put them right on the holster. You can use struts and have soft loops but have them be tuckable in that case. So, so the one holster design is is such that you could use any of those various belt attachment systems, and it would work just fine. Um, obviously, we'll ship it with whatever you designate when you place the order. But that's the kind of versatility that I think is important because part of what makes a holster good is that it works for you. And since every you is different, everyone who's listening to this has very different body shape, different types of clothing you wear, different style, different size gun, different everything. There's there's no real way to have a holster that out of the box is going to work for the vast majority of the people. It's going to take some tweaking. And so everything about the design not only has to check all the boxes in terms of safety and accessibility and comfort and concealment, but it also has to check the boxes in terms of maximize the ability of the user to tweak the holster, to change the holster uh, to manipulate it to work for you to, yeah. for, or for, for them in the case yep. if I'm talking about third person. I, I think l let's explore that some more here in a minute. Uh, you know, we started to, by kind of kicked it, we kicked it off talking about safety. Uh, somehow I ended up t spending quite a bit of time talking about clips, but, but, but that's a super important thing because again, we've seen so many failures, uh, not only of holsters coming off the belt, but also clips break. I mean, we've had, we had a customer return a holster they bought through our website where it was broken. Uh, so that kind of thing happens as well. And we see that a little bit more commonly with the uh, plastic style clips. And also with certain holster designs where you'll see, again, we're talking about what makes good holsters, great holsters. There, there are holster designs out there where they have just two little holes here at the top. 
and there's not a whole lot of material around where that clip attaches. That puts a lot of stress on the holster itself in that location. Because if you think about it, every time you're clipping that holster onto your belt, unclipping it, clipping it on, you do that a couple hundred times. Like you're every time you do in that, you're you're flexing that kydex material, and eventually something's going to give, or the plastic clip is going to is going to give, and that sometimes right. happens too. Right. And so, uh, you know, even even in our Lexington holster design, uh, the the design of this little blocking where you see all these holes are, you'll see how there, there's this rounded edge, this rounded border all around it that actually adds a lot of stiffening to this upper portion of the holster. That's super, super important because it stiffens this material so that it doesn't flex as much, doesn't tire out so much, doesn't get so much uh, fatigue in the material itself from clipping on and clipping off. So that's uh, another really subtle little thing that, again, not, not a lot of folks are aware of until they experience it the first time. Until it breaks. Or, yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's why, yeah, it, it's not hard to design darn near anything you want with Kydex or with Voltron. The question is, is it going to stand up, you know, with, with a, with a wings, you know, yanking on it and on and off on a belt all the time. And those kinds of things, is it going to snap or break or, or twist and bend on you? Um, in fact, I, I remember one year I was at SHOT Show and playing with a new holster company's holster and you know, playing with it. And I just snapped it right there with my thumb right in the booth I remember at that. SHOT Show. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I don't think that's supposed to happen, bro. We pressure tested your holster. You're welcome. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. Hopefully you address that design <laughs> issue. Um, and maybe he did. I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, I think we spent a little bit of time on this whole safety thing, but the belt attachment thing is a big deal. And so we might even have to refer to it a few more times. I, I guess the main takeaway for summarizing is that everything we use at KSG Armory is, is quality and is proven, I would say, in terms of like we, we don't see a lot of failures from the belt attachment options that we use at ksg and these might be things you can upgrade on your current holster maybe you don't need to yep. buy a new holster at all you know if you you take your current holster and maybe you've got some junky plastic clip probably you could replace it with the dcc monoblock or something like that so that's always something you mm -hmm. can investigate as well as maybe you don't have to buy a whole new holster yep. maybe you know the failing of your, your current holster is something that's simply uh, upgradable and we sell those clips and sure. loops and yep. things right on our site as well yep. so you can go grab what you need and uh, you know make use of it um, talking some more about use of a holster. And I think this is a really big one. I mean, we could talk, we'll, we'll spend some time talking about concealment too, but let's talk about use. Because uh, one of the things I observe in the industry, Jacob, is, and you know this, and we've talked about it, uh, that there are, there are gun guys and gals that one day wake up, you know, they, they wake up in bed, they're like, oh, I've got an idea. I'm going to make a holster. And like, while innovation and creativity in the industry is a, is a good thing, because I mean, there's, there's plenty of things that come out of nowhere that, you know, from including people that maybe don't even have a whole lot of experience that makes the industry go, oh, wow, you know, like just, you know, turns things up on its head. But, um, but there's a lot of holster companies out there that no offense to them. I know they're passionate about what they do, but maybe they don't shoot all that much. And I, I say that because I see certain design elements in, in holsters that uh, make me question how much they actually like draw their holster from or their gun from their holster. Because there's there's little things that if, if I mean, when you start really using the product in a significant way, I mean, I'll give you an example. I do on average minimum 20 draws a day, probably more like 
40 or 50. It's like, it's almost compulsive for me. I, I, there just be rent. Like they did it earlier today. I was here in, in this room and I'm like, I don't know. It's just this compulsion that comes over me. I'm like, oh, let's do a couple of draws quickly. Make the gun safe. You know, put a barrel block in it if you need to, whatever. And it's like, do 10 draws. Okay, cool. All right. And uh, I, I, so what my point is, is I do in the course of a year, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of draws from holsters. Well, if there are certain elements that aren't designed correctly or, or crafted correctly, it's going to take a toll on my hands. So uh, I, I'll highlight one right here. So I got, I, I will display this with a gun up close here so you can see this is a minor, minor thing, but this area right here, this has to be trimmed in a manner that your hand and your finger is not contacting the kydex. Riley's talking about the, 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 yeah, the area directly For below the trigger guard in the grip where your top, you know, your top finger on the grip is, is going to rest right below that trigger guard. And, and to shoot well, we know it needs to be in there pretty tight, you know, high and tight in there. And so having holster material, material that rides along what I'll call the bottom of the trigger guard back all the way toward the grip impedes your ability to to get your hand in there or uh, maybe you can get your hand in there but you're just cutting it up on material the whole time yeah yeah it's either preventing you from getting the full proper you know master grip that you desire or you're you're chewing up your your middle finger primarily uh in in the course of doing that and it could be other things too just like how the sweat guard is trimmed uh that can you know have issues with respect to your thumb, the webbing of your hand, uh, or impede your grip as well. We see that very commonly more on the hybrid holster side of yeah, things where yeah. we see huge sweat guards that, you know, extend into the beaver tail, you know, area of the grip where, where you want the web of your hand to go, but there's leather material there in the way. And so stuff like that. So basically just understanding how people actually use the product and what you need to do to engineer it or design it or or cut it or make it in such a way that it doesn't impede the use because again it, it like yeah. you don't want to carry a product that you can't use effectively or else what's the point of that so mm-hmm. little things like that but that it, i know you got a comment here i was just going to point out but this is one of the challenging areas too where it's easy to remove too much material and you can have a safety yeah, issue yeah now you so, expose the trigger guard so yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, the way I would just summarize this concept, if you're looking at your holster right now in your hands and saying, hey, is, is, is my holster, you know, check this, these boxes, is absolutely nothing to impede the draw. Absolutely nothing to impede the draw. So that means that the material has got to be, I, we had a, a word for this, something like trigger or something cut or something. It's a, it's a relief yeah, cut. A relief cut, thank is you. what it is, yeah. So, so we have to have no, the material's got to be clear under the trigger guard while not being trimmed too far so as to expose an open, you know, an opening into the trigger guard. Uh, we need to have uh, the sweat guard, if there is one, cut to the actual shape of the gun, not some generic, you know, sweat guard that just whateverness that we see all the time uh, that seems to be universal regardless of what gun is, is the only conclusion I can make when I look at the designs for a lot of these holster companies. So it's got to be specific to the shape of the gun so it also doesn't impede the draw. Um, we have to make sure that the ride height of the gun is such yep. that the base of the grip isn't sitting against the belt, which also would prevent you from being able to acquire a grip on the gun. And we see that often all the time as well, especially with smaller guns, yeah. uh, micro compact oh, guns. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, yeah. That's a challenge. It's a natural challenge for the holster maker and designer, uh, but, but we see it all the time. Yeah. And now with the proliferation of appendix carry and how popular that's becoming, and obviously the, the common use of wings and claws, 
the winger claw also has to have enough separation of distance from the grip of the gun that it doesn't impede your ability to get the gun. Oh, yeah. So, I've bought holsters from big-name companies where every time I went to draw the gun, my middle knuckle would smash into that wing. And, man, that's just frustrating. Yeah. That's yeah, so absolutely nothing to impede the draw. Yep. Holster material cut properly. Sweat guard cut, if there is one, cut properly. Uh, right height in the in the pant proper so that we yep. can get grip on the gun. And wing and or claw or other things like that not impeding my ability to get a grip on the gun. And to your point, I think what happens is a lot of these companies, and, and, and users as well, not just the manufacturer, but com- actual consumers, and probably the guy you referenced in that Jeff Gonzalez class, is that we th- we – concealed carry test a piece of gear by shoving it in our pants every day and walking around for a couple of months and saying, Oh yes, it's great gear. You know, this, this, this gear, this kit is awesome. It's, it's, you know, it's 10 out of 10, but you got to battle test it. And I hate to use the word battle. That sounds a little cliche and none of us are going into battle, but, but you actually have to, you know, put it through the paces in a class where you're being encouraged under stress to move quickly and draw and present the gun. And that's where you start to find out if those things are really true or not. Yeah. And I mean, you should be doing that in your dry fire sure, too, right? Sure. You know, as far as like dry fire practice is the place to push the envelope. That's where we we stretch ourselves and we grow in terms of our our shooting and drawing and performance uh, uh, skill. And so, yeah, like we should be drawing at max speed, at re- you know, regularly, and that that reveals failure points and all kinds of things very quickly. I mean, not not just talking about holsters, but yeah, you know, if you're actually pushing yourself, you'll quickly discover failure points in how you clear your garment, failure points in where you hold, uh, where your gun on your body, uh, what the cant angle is, how much space you have uh, between the the front of the grip and your belt line, uh, the, you know, all kinds of things. If there's any sharp edges on on the holster, that's another important thing too. We try to make sure everything is is buffed and rounded and smoothed over, so there's nothing that is interfacing with you, the user. Uh, that's going to, again, impede the draw from a performance perspective or cause you discomfort, pain, cutting, (laughs) you know, the drawing of blood, which I've I've done. I've cut myself doing draws from a holster. Uh, And so that's never any fun. You don't don't want that. And we don't want that for our customers either. So I guess uh, if we're summarizing kind of a big takeaway of, and there's probably some other nuance we could go into, to, but if we're summarizing what we've talked about thus far in this section of the podcast is that here at concealedcarry.com and at ksgarmory.com, uh, we're shooters, uh, especially, I guess, I, 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 I'm the shooter. <laughs> Sometimes Jacob Riley's shoots. Riley's going to claim it. I, <laughs> I, sh- I shoot more regularly than most of the people listening to this. That's true. Uh, but no, like I, I shoot thousands and thousands of rounds every, every year. And uh, that like, Every holster goes out. I mean, this is a, a common discussion between me and the guys out in the back here making holsters is looking at things over, doing a little QC check and be like, okay, you know, this looks pretty good, but let's tweak this one little thing because thinking of it from the perspective of me as a user, as a shooter, as someone that cares about that level of detail in the design of a holster, like that's, that, that is super important to us. Well, I'll just point that out before we move forward. Yeah. It- Every KSG Army holster is molded around a real gun, not a blue gun, but the real gun that you said you wanted, uh, you know, that you said you wanted the, the holster for. I mean, if you say Glock 17, we might roll, mold it around a Glock 19, for example. But but as far as fit and finish and you know, in retention, all those things are concerned, it's going to get molded around a real gun 
that's you know, comparable to the one that you, you've designated or asked for uh, as, ne- as much as is necessary. And, uh, and, and, and we check every single one. Every single one gets QC'd with the real gun, with all the hardware attached before it gets shipped. Is the retention good? Are all the edges right? Is the relief cut uh, correct? Is the, you know, all that stuff. Is the red dot compatible? Is the suppressor height site you know, good yep. to go? All that stuff. I've got a whole checklist up on the wall out in the shop there reminding us every holster. Has this been done? Has this been done? So on and so forth. Uh, so that, uh, so, you know, we maintain a high standard of, uh, of quality. Yeah. Yeah. So comfort and concealment. Yeah. Um, also super important, right? Because if it doesn't conceal well, well, that's a problem. If it's not comfortable, you might not use it yeah. and, uh, or you get angry at us and send it back. You know, so uh, we don't want any of those things. So comfort and concealment is super important. Um, well, and some of those actually kind of, there's some crossover Absolutely, too, right? absolutely. So I think they like, work well together. Like, I mean, I'll give you an example, okay? So every holster you order from us, when you're going through the order options, uh, there's a, there's a drop-down box that you can select. I want the holster made as short as possible. And what that means in our world and it's explained on the website is that it will be cut to match the length of the model you select. So if you selected a Glock 26, and I should say, I should preface this too, if we can cut it that short. So for instance, sure. we have some design elements like like these lower mounting points. You see those two little holes there, folks. This is the lower section of the holster where you can attach like a DCC clip. Uh, we're not going to cut through that because it would be unsightly and it would also remove one of the the, the options Your for mounting points. yeah exactly so, so uh but if we can and you select as short as possible we're going to trim it to match the length of the actual gun that you've selected on your order okay the second option you can choose from is what we call extend it which we define as approximately it might be three quarters of an inch but it's approximately one inch so somewhere about that longer inch range yeah. we will make the holster longer than the gun you've selected. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about why that is. And then the third option is, and actually it's titled Long Boy, make it as long as possible. Uh, and so basically what that means is we'll make it as long as what we can do with the molds we have. And that sometimes varies a little bit from gun to gun, but typically with the Long Boy models, you'll see that they're going to be around five inches or so. I think in the case of our Glock, we can actually make total inches even longer, like barrel length. Yeah, yeah. So if you had a three-inch gun, then we might be able to Long Boy. You might be two inches yeah. longer. I mean, if a guy, you have a four-inch gun. Right, right. If a guy ordered a, a Glock 26, but they said I want a Long Boy, make it as long as possible, they're going to basically get a Glock 34 length uh, a holster. So now, why why is that? relevant why is that important uh so on the concealment side now most of what we sell is optimized for appendix carry okay which we've broken down a number of times on this podcast why we we've really moved and talk about the evolution of the podcast too Mm. from six seven years ago uh you know where i was still carrying iwb uh probably about four o'clock six and a half seven years ago uh, but I've been doing appendix carry now for, I don't remember exactly. I had to go back and I guess check my journal, but uh, several years now, right? And for a lot of reasons why I feel like that's the optimal carry location for me, uh, optimal location for in terms of comfort, optimal location in terms of concealment, optimal location in terms of use and speed and efficiency and all that, right? And so most of what we sell is optimized for appendix or yeah, for appendix carry, but 
the Lexington holster design in particular is also designed to be flexible in its use. So you can set this up to be strong side three o'clock, strong side four o'clock, that sort of thing as well. But anyway, point is, let's let's focus on the appendix carry side, the length. length. Why might you want it longer? Well, John Hauptman over at Filster, I'm going to throw that name out because he's the guy that coined the term. Uh, he talks about something referred to as the keel principle, that when you have this holster sitting inside your waistband, inside a belt, and you've got all sorts of of pressures, if you will, that are acting against this. I mean, you're trying to conceal this. You maybe have a wing on there. It's trying to turn the grip into the body. Your body itself is down below the waist. There's also your maybe like your belly above that. And depending on your specific shape, size, whatever, uh, body type, uh, we all have little differences, but it's not uncommon at all for the top portion of the gun to want to press outward or lean outward. So that becomes a little bit less concealable. Significantly. Yeah. yeah. And so the keel principle is like the keel of a ship. A keel is necessary to keep that ship upright because if you didn't have it, the wind would hit the sails and it would just Roll topple over. right over. Right. So the length of a holster acts as a keel inside the waistband, especially especially in the appendix carry position. Uh, there can be some of that effect as well, even in different carry positions, but it's super key in the appendix position. Uh, now, I, I've met some people that can get away with shorter holsters, shorter guns in the appendix position, but they're typically very flat <laughs> shaped. And generally shorter and, people. <laughs> yeah, and there's not, that's, yeah, most of the people in my world, most people I know are not, at, yeah, they don't fit in that category, at least to that extreme. Uh, and so usually a little bit more length in the holster is going to be more concealable because the kill, kill principle will work to your favor. Here's the other thing. And this is where there's a crossover between concealment and comfort. Also, when you have, and this, this is, I had to learn from my own experience. I was trying to carry a P365 in the, in the appendix position right after the, the uh, P365 came out. And I had never attempted to carry a gun that short up in the front of my waistband. And I was like, wow, this is really uncomfortable. And the holster I had for it was about the length, maybe a touch longer than the 365. I guess actually the holster length is about an XL length. That's still kind of short for me and my body type. But I remember thinking, I'm like, why is my P365 holster less comfortable than the one for my full-size P320? I was like, this is kind of interesting. And, and one day, and this was before I saw a lot of the videos that actually discuss these kind of concepts now, a lot of videos from Filster themselves and so forth. And one day I'm like, huh, actually, I think because this thing is, my belly is pushing this thing outward and the opposing effect there is that the bottom of that is pushing inward. And that's where a lot of the discomfort was. And so by going to a longer than the actual gun holster, that balanced that out. That spreads out the pressure as well. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and then the other, that was the other realization as well is that, well, now it's also a larger surface area. So PSI, right? Pounds per square inch. We spread it over a bigger area. Well, there's less PSI. In any given one spot. Yeah. 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 It, it, there's a lot of little things like that. Uh, and, and frankly, that's one of those frustrating things. We, we were just talking about this the other day. We had a long conversation about it with our, with our customer service team because, we see a lot of orders come in where people say, as short as possible, as short as possible, as short as possible. And we're like, man, 
how do we help these people understand? That's that's why this podcast and, and conversations like this are so valuable because we need you to understand why in the world you would want to. It sounds counter. It's it's counterintuitive. It is counterintuitive that it, making the holster longer than the gun would help with comfort and concealment. Uh, but we we want people to be successful with the holster, not send it back say it didn't work for me because yep. uh, they didn't understand those principles. But the wedge would be another thing along those along those lines. Yes. So the the wedge is in my opinion just all, all part of the keel principle uh, i got a really big old thick wedge here that i'm showing on camera right now uh, this is this is the holster that i've been carrying today and the the wedge going along that baseline of the holster as well take you know fills up some of that gap that's maybe down there in the groin in that part of the body and it also helps to put back pressure on the backside of the holster and hopefully tip the the grip of the gun back into the body despite my gut and other things trying to push it out and away from the body so uh, wedges are really important, and uh, we have our own wedge that you you know that comes in various sizes and shapes at KSG Armory. Uh, we also sell some wedges for you know some some industry standard wedges that are available from other uh, providers as well that you can choose from. They're they're a little bit more expensive than ours, mm-hmm. uh, and that's fine. But you you can get what you want. But a wedge uh, generally is a pretty effective thing. I think for me, I've come to find that it's not, if you're carrying a pendant, it's not a question of do you need a wedge. You need a wedge. It's going to help for comfort. It's going to help for concealment. It tends to be more an issue of how big and how how what shape of a wedge makes sense for you. Um, and sure. that's you know that's okay. I mean, I know a few people that don't use wedges, but but I agree. Yeah, probably, probably be most, flat in the front. most people uh, are going to want a wedge. Yeah. You know, we just had a holster return the other day. Uh, a guy said it wasn't working for him, wasn't concealing. And I was reading that and I was like, man, you know, and I looked at what he actually sent back and I could tell the wedge had never been used, was never attached to the holster. And I was like, well, I mean, we, we can't really give it a, 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 a good shake, you know, a full, uh, a try there, you know, if we don't actually use all the tools to our advantage. And I suspect that might've been someone that didn't understand uh, some of the reasons why we include some of these things. Now we don't necessarily include a wedge, by default with every order, but it's certainly, you'll see it in the drop down options as you're, as you're selecting your particular holster. Do you want a wedge? Chances are you probably want a wedge. Yeah. Now we, for the five bucks, whatever we charge for it, get a wedge. Yeah. Very, you know, we make these right in house, very reasonably priced. I think they're probably some of the best priced wedges I've, I've seen about anywhere. And, uh, I wanted to give folks a, a little bit of a, of a key there uh, as far as probably what you want to use. Now th- this holster here, this is our Lexington holster for the P365 or P365 XL. Uh, so that's what I've got here. And actually this one is made slight. It's about a three quarters of an inch longer than the XL. I want that a little bit extra length for my particular uh, body and, and, and body shape, shape and size. Uh, you don't want to use our larger wedge. So there's a four and a half inch wedge. We call it the long angled one. That's not ideal for something like this, a smaller gun, because you're adding thickness up where it's going to be directly behind the belt. So our, our short angled wedge is probably what most people are going to want to go with. On, short angled on, or, on or short block, guns. probably. Yeah. 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 Uh, the short block is is this is this thicker it's one here that you got here. Uh, probably most people aren't going to use it like this. Uh, but what's cool about it when you get the uh, the blocks is you can also trim it to yourself. You trim it however you want. Yeah. Yep. So you I just left block. it in a big old block form, yeah. and that's working pretty well for me. Well, right now. you know, one thing I've found, Jacob, I'm getting ready to actually trim this one. So uh, I've worn this one a little bit. Okay, just trying some things, and what you'll see is you can kind of see where there's more compression in the material, and that's a clue uh, that. Of, of kind of the way you might want to consider uh, trimming, uh, it. trimming it. And mm-hmm. so some, some things to consider there. Just use a razor blade or something like that. You'd be fine. 
yeah, a real sharp exacto like your, knife your exacto or, knives mm-hmm. or or like the uh, the long utility bl- uh, knife blades, uh, the, the snap and mm-hmm. you know break ones uh, give you nice nice length. If you get a fresh blade, it'll cut through that like butter. Another thing relative to concealment comfort, I think, is uh, the ability to adjust the cant. Mm-hmm. So depending on where you're carrying it, I mean, maybe Absolutely. not an appendix, but depending on where you're carrying it, you might want a certain angle to the gun so that it's not sitting straight up and down in your pants, but it's forward a little bit. And so we've worked really hard to make sure that regardless of the belt attachment, yeah, I shouldn't say regardless, but pretty much with any belt attachment system you're going to use on, on the holster, you're going to be able to adjust the cant. So certainly like with this one that has the monoblock that I'm holding in my hand right now, uh, there's enough mounting points that I can I can turn that at an angle of probably, I don't know, what it is, about 15 to 20 degrees or something like that. About 15. Yeah, about 15 That's degrees. Right. And if you're using DCC clips... Uh, with or soft loops with struts you'd be able to do the same thing or soft loops without struts struts for that matter so plenty of options to adjust can't and i think that's something that you know you just got to figure out based on where you're carrying it and how you how you want to conceal it and things like that you gotta you gotta dial that in uh, but obviously you know, along those lines too would be the wing and the wedge or the, i said the wedge the wing or yeah. claw right right yeah and you know so we offer uh three common claw styles i guess we all have here the mod wing of what's on the table uh, which is our most popular one, and this is typically the one that comes standard with uh, with most holsters. I mean, I guess they are all. We actually don't think charge any extra for any others because they're all similarly similarly priced. But the mod wing is the mod wing because it is modular, so it gives folks the ability to tune it more for them, uh, more so than the other options out there. Which is one of the reasons I think it's 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 the recommended option in terms of wings or claws go. Um, you got the RCS VG claw, which you also offer, which extends out a little bit more and therefore can offer a little bit more leverage for some people. Uh, we have also the Dark Star Gear uh, Dark, Dark Wing, wing mm-hmm. uh, which uh, has an angle to it, uh, which I think you know has there's some validity there as to as to how that's designed. I think makes a lot of sense and it can work really well in conjunction with a, a wedge that maybe you are already using as well. But the, the mod wing gives you two different height adjustments. So if you want a little bit more tuck or a little bit less, I always try to start with the lower uh, the, the lower option first, just to see how that responds. Because uh, you can actually over-rotate things and end up actually bringing the, the rear sights or an optic in the case of a red dot to where it starts printing a little bit more. So you're kind of looking for this balance between enough grip tuck that the grip is hidden, but not so much that we're causing the top of the gun to to uh, print a little bit more. Um, but we can counter some of that too with a wedge. And so keep in mind that wedges and wings and claws all kind of work together and they can also sort of fight each other a little bit too, to some degree. So we want to think about what's going on here. I mean, a, a wedge is primarily going to change this, this vertical axis axis in terms of how much this rotates the top portion of the gun in or out to the body. And the wing or claw is going to change this rotation about the barrel itself or this more of a, a horizontal change of bringing that grip either more or less towards the, the belly or the body. And so I want to think in terms of, you know, do I need more? Like if your grip is what you find is printing more, you, you're going to want to look into what can I do to increase that if possible. Uh, if you need more of the top portion of the gun, the rear of the slide in particular to come in, you you want to look in terms of what you can do with the wedge. And also one thing that's not as uh, intuitive probably for some folks is you can also take our wedges, particularly the angled ones, and you can mount them onto the holster sideways and actually get kind of a conjunction 
conjunction conjunction what am i what's the word i'm looking for double uh, benefit i don't know anyway you, we want these to work together yeah with the wing <laughs> sure you know so in other words like you can actually put this angled portion on there sideways and get a, both a wedge effect as well as a little bit more pressure on the one side of the holster to help that that uh, wing be a little bit more effective too so that's another reason why we we'll, i particularly like this kind of setup you can get this angled wedge you're going to put some Velcro on the back of the holster. The wedge is going to already come with the hook portion of the Velcro on, on it. And then you can mount this wedge wherever you feel like you need to. But think of it in terms of, am I looking for top in or grip in or both? Yeah. You know, and how, and, and you can, you should be able to look at that and think, you know, how these different uh, uh, elements of the holster are going to help create those different effects. We're starting to run out of time, and yep. so we, we're going to dial this in a little bit. There's so many little things I think that we could we could dive into. Um, <laughs> I think that it's, if you want, you can go on our website. If you dig far enough, you'll find the, some of the recent videos we did about this when we did the product launch of KSG Armory. But the takeaway, I think, is grab your holster, take a hard look at it, and decide, is it really helping you out? It, does it impede the draw in any of the ways we've talked about? Is it attaching to the belt in the way that's really going to work in the heat of the moment when you're under stressful conditions? Is it really safe? Is it going to protect the trigger guard no matter what from objects coming in through some sort of gap and or through the holster material itself? Um, are you in a position where you're actually really concealing properly and getting a comfortable conceal? Are you taking advantage of a wedge or a wing or some of these things that help rotate the gun on various axes, axes, axes yep. in order to you know really you know, tuck it in and, and conceal it properly and make it as comfortable as it can be? Um, and I'll do all that without impeding the draw and access to the gun. I think that those are those are things to look at. And, and you, if your answer is no, it might be a modification you can make to your current holster. You may not need to buy a new one. Um, if, if the answer is no, I probably, it's probably time for me to invest in something of quality, then I think that uh, we would strongly hope that you take a hard look at KSG Armory. In addition to some of the things we've talked about, every KSG Armory holster, not only does it come standard with a wing, standard with the DCC monoblock, uh, but uh, adding a wedge is very affordable. Every single holster comes with thread locker. We didn't talk about that, but mm -hmm. if you you know you don't want to lose screw, we don't put the thread locker on for you because we want you to be able to make adjustments when you get it, wear it, check it, make sure it's how you want it, and then go ahead and lock it down with the thread locker so you don't have screws backing out on you and, and losing them. Yep. Uh, every single holster is suppressor height, sight compatible, red dot compatible, and Enigma compatible. We we think that the the Filster Enigma is the solution for a lot of people uh, who struggle with various uh, types of concealment issues and and things like that. And so we make sure every single holster we make and sell goes out the door is compatible with the Filster Enigma. So we we you know those are just a handful of things that we think are important about uh, about holster design and, mm -hmm. and what's going out the door yeah uh, i guess my kind of wrap up here would be I, i'm going to focus a little bit more on the lexington specifically as i just kind of summarize a lot of what we talked about and point out a couple of things that maybe we didn't quite touch on today but let's again uh review safety uh, obviously it's a very safe holster made from Kydex or Bolteron. This one actually is Bolteron here, which is a little bit stronger than Kydex, but, but Kydex is also acceptable. Uh, fully covers the, the trigger guard, very safe, excellent quality hardware, so we know it's not going anywhere. And retention dialed in properly, so again, the gun's not going anywhere. Uh, design characteristics, I mean, one thing we talked about, the importance of you know unnecessary material removed, uh, areas that can be trimmed and rounded and made uh, uh, thinner or less of a profile or more round and smooth. So like this area here, I mean, a lot of, you see a lot of companies out there that would leave this, this corner Squared material off. on here. 
you know, here's a, an example of a, of a bigger one. And yet you see how that's been trimmed away so that where that is interfacing with your, your, your leg or whatnot, like you're, you're, we want to remove all the extra material, everything rounded, smooth, buffed, tr trigger, uh, middle finger relief cut there, you know, all that stuff. Okay. A couple of things that we didn't really touch on too much. Uh, one of the things we, t we mentioned about two holster models that we sort of combined features from to create the Lexington. We had one model that basically had these two upper mounting blocks. It was ambidextrous, which was one thing we really liked because I promise you, if we, <laughs> if we didn't have the Lexington right now, we'd be getting a lot of questions from a lot of folks that are left-handed and be like, hey, how come you don't make whatever thing for lefties. And one of the challenges yeah. is you got basically about 11% of the human population that's left-handed and it's, you know, it, we still have the same costs associated in terms of investment to produce the same, you know, uh, a product yeah, for a double lot our cost, yeah. fewer people. Well, and I'll, and I'll add that if you, you might be right-handed, but still get value in having an ambidextrous holster. Absolutely. You, know, you have some sort of shoulder surgery or something. You want to be able to switch it around for a, a month or two. Absolutely. That, that is something that doesn't get talked about a whole lot, but is a, a very valid concern. I've known folks, gun carriers, shooters that have had that very thing. It's a sustain. I, I knew a guy that injured his arm uh, doing B, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and uh, had to carry for a few weeks while he let that heal up with his support hand, you know, so, and he was using a product again, that was ambidextrous, much like our own to make that easy. So ambidextrous. So we, this upper more mounting portion, but then we wanted to make sure that we also had this lower mounting block as well so that you could also attach these overhook style DCC clips uh, or loops with struts. So you could be tuckable or that kind of thing as well. Cause with the monoblock, it's not going to be tuckable, right? Yeah. Or even doing soft loops to this upper portion, it won't be tuckable. And some people want tuckable. So having the ability to, to mount something here on this side over top of the slide and over here, over top of where the retention screws are is really important in terms of the tuckable. So the Lexington is, that's what we say. It's very versatile. It's very adaptable. It's very modular. Everything we designed with respect to the Lexington was to make it so that you could do all the things, you know, as many as possible, but still have a quality holster that is not trying to do so much that it ends up not working because it's a holster product that actually works, but it's very capable in terms of its adaptability. Do all the things. I like that. I'm going to run with that, right? Yeah. We'll start running ads. The holster that does all the things. <laughs> so I like it. <laughs> yeah. We know that it sounds like a red flag, like a holster that does a lot of things often does very little things well. Uh, but we did draw a line where we thought there was any compromise at all. Uh, so this, this, you know, check out the Lexington. And, and I'll just please encourage you, before you order, on the webpage where Lexington is sold is a video uh, that mm -hmm. says how to order your Lexington. Watch that sucker. I, it will save you so much pain and time later. Uh, you getting the wrong thing, making the wrong choices. Because you know, ordering a, a holster from us is is it's involved. Okay, it's not just what gun and right hand, left hand move on. Like we're talking about, you're going to be facing a lot of choices. What belt attachment? What wing? Do you want a wedge? Do you want it extended? Uh, do you want, you know, I don't know, all sorts of colors, yeah. all it, sorts of things. It explains all the different yeah. options that you, you can watch the video. Choose. Yeah, so that you yep. don't, you don't make, and, and know that we'll take care of you. All, every KSG Army holster comes with a lifetime warranty on, on the craftsmanship and material. So uh, be sure to, to watch that video though, so that you make an informed decision. Yep. And we, we, we really appreciate it. And I'll yep. also warn you to check the lead time at the top of the KSG 
ksgarmory.com website uh, is the thing that says lead time, and we try and keep that updated. Right now, the lead time is is relatively high from our perspective. Probably it's on par with the industry, uh, but no, it's much higher than we would like it to be. So if you place an order today, you might be waiting uh, several weeks uh, to get that holster. But yeah, yep. be aware. Uh, it's just because we've, you know, we we hit our whole email list uh, about a month ago. Yeah. And or a little less than a month ago, I guess now, and and uh, we got like a lot of orders. Yeah. But we're, we're working through those as fast as we can. Uh, right now, as we speak, I mean, I just came from the shop, and Sam is out there cranking away on holsters, and and uh, yeah, so lots of work to do, lots of holsters to make, and uh, we're excited to be doing this. I'll tell you, I mean, this is it's 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 cool to be part of something too that honestly. Like I think you're proud of, I'm proud of, our whole team is proud of. Uh, we're proud to be putting out a quality product that hopefully makes your life, you folks listening and watching, uh, easier and better in some way. We want to bring value to you in your in your concealed carry journey uh, with respect to how you're carrying your guns. And so we hope that uh, this is helpful for you today. And oh, I, I wanted to add on before we go, we go I was going to mention with respect to that how to order your Lexington holster or whatever video. Uh, I explain all the options, all the clips, all the wings, all the stuff, uh, all the things. All the things. <laughs> and it's like 20 minutes long if you watch the whole thing, but it is broken up into sections and chunks with like little, you know, uh, you can kind of skip through it. If you like, you already kind of know about the different clips and things like that. You can, you can skip to different sections and yeah. get your other answers. And if you're not interested in Lexington, you know, six yeah. total holster designs available from case Jeremy, certainly Lexington's going to have the most, uh, gun options, uh, over a hundred and, I think it's like 105, 106 guns available mm-hmm. uh, for the Lexington. But that video would be relevant no matter what holster you're buying uh, on sure. the on the website from KSG Armory. Because the same, you know, same explanation about what clips and what wings, all those things are universally true across all the holster products. Yep. So there you have it. Guys, it's been a, a little bit about our journey with uh, acquiring KSG Armory, getting into the holster making business, uh, talking about a lot of the different features that make what we think are, are great holsters. Uh, some of these things I've learned from other companies and leaders in this industry and at great prices i'm sorry i'm gonna interject yes <laughs> you guys don't understand how big it would do riley's laughing a little bit because our com- competing companies out there more than one like this is a pattern competing companies with whom we have good friendships and relationships are begging us to increase our prices <laughs> they think our holsters are not expensive enough so yeah, uh, we could be making more. That's true. That is true. Uh, we, we hope we are bringing to you a, a, a good value in a solid holster. And that's that's what we've set out to do. And that's what we are committed to achieving. And we'll continue to do so going forward. Uh, and I'm excited what the future holds. Uh, you know, I imagine, you know, down the road, there will be other improvements and and innovations and things that we'll add to the lineup and you know as we go through this and learn together and and you know because we want to ultimately you know continually improve seeking excellence in everything we do uh some of that behind the scenes i mean we've already made a lot of improvements from how ksg armory was uh you know how things were being made before not that they were being made poorly but we had to look at it from a perspective of i need not just me but one two three five other guys to be able to duplicate the process and do so a high degree of, of quality. Yeah, so yeah, in terms of processes and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And we got more of that behind the scenes that uh, we 
we'll continue to work on and and that will also hopefully uh, reduce lead times too so anyway guys thanks so much for uh listening or watching this podcast today a uh, reminder today's episode is sponsored by ccwsafe.com it's where you can find them please go check them out we appreciate their sponsorship of the podcast as well as that of mountain city supply mountaincitysupply.com for quality available awesome and very accurate ammunition uh still rather proud of that two inch group i shot a while back but at 50 yards it's wild pat on your back buddy (laughs) pat on your back there you go couldn't have done it without good good uh, equipment and good ammunition so thanks to our sponsors thanks again to all of you if you have any questions about today's episode about anything else of course you can always hit us up at podcast at concealedcarry.com and until next time train right train often train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. That was pretty good, eh? Yeah, we did it. That was like, we're, we're smooth. <laughs> All right, take care, folks. We'll see you later.